0: This is an AMI podcast.
1: I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramiya Amadun. And this is Kelly and Ramya. A lot of hot-button topics on the show here today. It's Kelly and Ramya. We're back from a long weekend, and we're jumping right into incredibly interesting conversation. Uh, one of it being the next topic that we have on board, which is the 2019 Accessible Canada Act. Of course, people in the disability community, all of us, I'd say, are very interested in this conversation, and the 2019 Accessible Canada Act, to break it down, uh, aims to fundamentally reshape the culture surrounding disability in Canada and ultimately create a barrier-free Canada by 2040. And time is flying. So, to find out where we stand now at the current state of affairs, Chief uh, Can- Canada's Chief Accessibility Officer, Stephanie Cadu, just released the first progress report called Everyone's Business, and this highlights the strides we've made and how much work there is to go before 2040 hits us. So, Stephanie, thank you for making some time to come on, Kelly and Ramia. Nice to be here. Thank you. Can you tell us first uh, about your role as Chief Accessibility Officer of Canada before we get started on the report? Sure. Well, my role was created by the Act. Uh, it's enshrined in the Act.
0: And I am an independent advisor to the minister responsible for the Act. Um, so, what does that mean? Um, I'm there to monitor and report uh, on the progress that we're making under the Act. and. Basically, that means everything from uh, how well are we doing, what progress are we making, but also what's happening internationally that could affect what's going on, what's happening in other places, and what isn't happening. What are the barriers uh, to actually achieving a barrier-free Canada? Mm.
2: When you look at that role, Stephanie, in that capacity, does it, as that outside consultant looking, creating, following up, saying, making the suggestions, does it give you a different position than if the minister was looking after it? I mean, you can obviously have that lens that focuses right on everything. But as you're prepping this major report, what was it like to know you're doing this, seeing it in a, maybe from a, a different eye, and being able to put it out there in the way that you did? Is there anything that's different the way handling it this way, as opposed to if you were the minister?
0: Well, I think it, I think it does. Um, I'm independent. So um, I'm not the one doing the implementing of the act, right? I'm not the one responsible for um, deciding what gets done or how or whatever. I'm there to to monitor um, and and to look at, well, is it working? Um, Is that progress coming or not? Um, And with a set of eyes um, that are uh, rooted directly in the disability community, I myself uh, live with a disability, Um, but also outside and beyond um, directly government. So the act also encompasses um, the the federally regulated private sector. So that's the banks, the telecoms, um, the airlines and airports. And so I have a a sort of a broader uh, ability to keep an eye on everything um, than a minister responsible for a small piece of of this so all of the ministers of government uh, ultimately have responsibility over some of the work that that's underway um, but my job is is to keep a a broader view uh over the whole implementation of the act
1: excellent yeah excellent. and i mean when we're talking accessibility it is broad mm. to begin with right in and of itself there's just so much to uh, discuss whether it be progress or the understanding of what accessibility is what accommodation looks like and then you mentioned you know the international scope versus what's going on in Canada and then breaking down what's going on in Canada in all these different areas
2: yeah that's right and what lends itself to us that maybe we can look and learn from others or how from what people you speak to in that opportunity can give right. us
1: so give yeah. us the scoop like what is being highlighted in the accessible Canada act as needing improvement, maybe, um, some specific areas Mm -hmm. and the changes around that, whether it be positive or needs work. Sure. Well, the act, the act itself, um, really is,
0: is trying to initiate uh, a massive culture shift. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and with that, there has to be a mindset shift. As society, we have got to recognize, and and I don't have to tell you this, but um, we have to recognize that people with disabilities are not the problem. The barriers are the problem. And it's the barriers that are costing us all a better quality of life and, and costing the inclusion of people with disabilities. And work has begun. And so this report is really setting, uh, just setting a baseline for the fact that the work is starting. We've made a commitment to the work, but we have a long way to go, and we have a lot to learn about what accessibility is and why it matters. If we get, if we're going to get to that barrier-free 2040, um, the the reality is, as you say, accessibility is complex. Um, the work is not easy, and but it's important because yep. more than a quarter of the people living in our country live with one or more disabilities. It okay. affects everyone. It affects uh-huh. everything, um, and it's not a niche issues. So we're really shifting our mind to the idea that, and what we have to shift everyone's mind to, is that accessibility isn't an optional thing. It's a mandatory thing. And um, so while it's great that we're having the conversation, it's great that we've made this commitment, and it's a really exciting time because um, I'm seeing similar action in other parts of the world. The conversation is happening. Um, but in order for us to, to actually do it now, and that's what's important, is the actual doing, the, the, the acting and the putting the things in place, um, there are some things I think that, that will need to happen. And some of that, those things are mandatory training for everyone about what accessibility is, What about what is unconscious bias, how do we tackle that? Um, Because we have to understand what we know and what we don't know if we're going to move forward. Um, Mm. I think we have to say, you know, accessibility is not optional. Therefore, funding accessibility is not optional. We have to have dedicated budgets. Um, And we need to tell people uh, what they actually need to achieve. We've waited for a really long time for people to make things accessible because it's the right thing to do. um, And that hasn't worked. So we do need more regulations under the Act that will actually set the bar that has to be reached. And in order to measure everything, we have to make sure we have data. Uh, we have to make sure we're measuring the right things to know if things, if our progress is is happening, if it's if the things we're doing are working or not. Um, so those are some things that that I've highlighted in this first report um, that are important if we're going to move forward uh, in a in a positive way towards 2040.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And get past, where we we have a lot of well-meaning people who just don't really know what to do, need that guidance. And we've got to stop thinking we're insensitive because we don't know what to do, or we may look at other things first, they have to be put in place. So that that takes out the concern, the worry of, oh, well, you know, I don't know what to do. Where am I supposed to find this out to do, quote, the exactly. right thing, unquote. Um, What about positive changes that you've seen uh, in the way of whether it's reception of this, um, anything particularly that really makes you inspired?
0: I am actually really inspired by the fact that the conversations are actually happening um, and that we're not having to be dragging people to the table to have the conversations. And I say that on this international sort of basis. Um, I've been to a number of conferences over the last couple of years I've never seen the level of engagement and action on accessibility that I'm seeing today. So, so that's positive. Um, we're saying the right things. We're making the commitments. The act is one of them. Um, but broadly in society, uh, businesses are making these commitments. They're, they're realizing that that this is the right thing to do and that they need to do it. Now it's the matter of really drilling down into what does it actually mean to be accessible? Yes. Mm. Do we actually How do we actually remove some of these barriers? What are the barriers in our hiring processes that are keeping people with disabilities the most underemployed group? Um, What are the barriers in the built environment? We all think about ramps, but what else is it? What is it for people with vision loss? What is it for people with um, hearing loss? Uh, And so getting now and drilling down is important. I'm seeing these conversations taking place, the act, is, is ensuring that happens um, with the, the fact that organizations are now ma- mandated to create plans in cooperation and coordination with people with disabilities so that they are really digging into their own uh, understanding in their organization of, of what the barriers are that they need to tackle. But now we actually have to put that, those nice words and the things we're saying about we want to be accessible, uh, we have to put that into action and get things done.
1: Yeah it's interesting like I tend to agree with you that the conversations are happening and and a lot of us with disabilities from the communities there is you know on a on a general, like, everyday experiential level, you know, there are complaint lines or uh, places you can go or people you can talk to, organizations, advocacy groups that you can reach out to to say, hey, where do I go with this, right, with this issue or a challenge or barrier yeah. that I'm facing, which I think is a vast improvement from, you know, when I was a teenager and you're like, I don't know what to do here, right? So—and um, that's education and work and recreation and all these different areas, but I think the, the part that I think is still very frustrating on that same level, Stephanie, is where do people take accountability? And whether we're talking businesses or government or just legislation and uh, teeth of legislation in general, I think a lot of us still feel like there's so much of this passing-the-buck attitude, and yeah. that goes back to everything you said originally, which is an attitudinal shift. But is there—do um, you see a straightforward way to deal with this aspect?
0: Um, it, yes, uh, ultimately it's more regulation, which, which isn't the be all and end all, mm-hmm. um, but it is important because regulations are law. And so it takes standards that are, you know the things that we know we should do um, or the best practice that we think we should do and it puts it into law and says, no, you must do this. Um, and until it's in law, it's difficult to enforce if not impossible, and, and that's what we've seen for many years. We know people with disabilities have, have ultimately had the rights to inclusion mm. uh, for a long time. Uh, they're, inv- they're entrenched in our charter, but in order to access those rights, we've had to really fight on an individual level. Yes. Each, each time, um, through a very long, cumbersome legal process, in order to achieve those rights or, or to actualize yeah. those rights and that's what we want to change the act is is ultimately going to reverse that onus from, from the individual to the systems um, yep. and but in order for that to happen we have to see those expectations around what is accessible employment put into regulations so that it can be uh, enforced so that you know compliance can be assured um, and that it doesn't continue to rest with individuals to raise complaints
2: yeah put it in black and white and also the disability community is working at it we end up becoming fractured because we're so focused trying to make people understand this is what's needed over here well right. look over here this is what's needed here and like that drilling down you talked about it, it's so difficult where can people access the report, Stephanie, and how can they participate in this process when it comes to making Canada barrier-free?
0: Well, you know what? They can access the report online. Uh, um, it's on the, on the government website, on our website, uh, through our social media channels. Um, so pretty easy to access. Um, it's been pre- prepared in a variety of accessible formats. Um, and ultimately, we're still learning, too. And so, if, yes. if there's a format that's that's not there that, that's needed, uh, we need to hear about it. We are we are we are also learners in this space. Um, so, I would encourage people to do that. I encourage people to get involved, uh, access uh, access, engage, talk to us, um, tell us what you're seeing, tell us what you're not seeing. Um, it's all it's all going to be important learning for for me and my team too as we as we go forward monitoring the act there's lots awesome. of ways for people to engage both with us uh like through social media as i say but also um, with the accessibility standards organization who are constantly recruiting for their technical committees um, and uh, and other mechanisms and organizations the federal government organizations and all of those companies that are are uh are sort of encompassed under the Act are also looking for expertise and, and need for people to reach out and, and let them know where there are where those barriers still exist.
1: Stephanie, thank, thank you, you so much for your time. Uh, we appreciate your position on this, of course, but also just that hopeful message that we can all take part in this and hopefully um, make this progress happen to 2040. That's right. It's everybody's business. Exactly. Thanks. Thank you. We were speaking with Chief Accessibility Officer for Canada, Stephanie Cadu, sharing the report that uh, called Everyone's Business. And this is, of course, about the progress of Barrier Free Canada and the Accessible Canada Act. After the break, in the second hour of Kelly and Ramia, stay tuned for our Voices segment with Guide Dog and Service animal reporter Devin Wilkins about her passions. Plus, Young Wong is talking us about, or joining us to talk about Lunar New Year. It's going to be very fun. But up next, we're going to revisit our time at W. Ross McDonald School from earlier this year because we want to recapture our uh, time with the SDP program. We'll be right back.
2: Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Juita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.